this is Craig Brown and welcome to Passages. Passages is a space to explore Bible passages used in churches for preaching, reflection, and prayer. My hope is that Passages will shine a unique light on text used in the lectionary in the coming weeks. Today's text is Luke chapter 2 verses 15 to 21. It's the reading for the first Sunday after the Nativity, which is also called the second day of Christmas, December 26, 2021, in the year C cycle of the lectionary. Now, there are some churches that will use this text on December 26, the day after Christmas, and there are other churches that might use this text for the, the Sunday a week later on January 2, 2022, as a substitute for that particular Sunday. So regardless of which Sunday this text is being used on, it outlines the events that happen immediately after the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. This story lifts up for us um, some key words that we need to focus on as we hear this short text from Luke's gospel. The first word is obey, the second word is witness, and the third word is wonder. Let's look closely at how obey plays a role in this story. It says in Luke chapter 2, verse 15, that the shepherds, having heard the, uh, the announcement from the angel and having seen the vision of the heavenly host, they respond to this message with a sense of obedience. They go and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us, they say in verse 15. And they come in a hurry. Luke's gospel tells us that they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary. And everything they found was exactly as the angel had told them. So these shepherds, as you might remember from last week's podcast, are, are a bit of shady characters. In the first century world, they were considered to be unreliable witnesses, uh, kind of shifty and hard to nail down uh, because they were nomadic people. They were living in fields. They were tending for their sheep, moving from place to place. And so this inconsistency that they had to live with by their life circumstance made them uh, somewhat unreliable. But that's what makes this story quite amazing about their obedience, that they have this, this vision of the heavenly host. They receive the message from the angel of the Lord. They respond with obedience. They go to where Mary has given birth to Jesus. And they are the first visitors to arrive and to visit the Holy Family. This is completely in keeping with the way Luke recounts the story of Jesus from beginning to end. Luke recounts the story as a story in which the poor, the marginalized, those at the edges, these are the ones who are the first to obey, the first to engage, the first to respond. Luke showcases again and again and again how the unworthy and the marginalized are the first to obey what they have heard. Even Jesus' circumcision that happens later in this text at verse 21 is about a, an, an act of obedience on the part of Mary and Joseph. They're observant of the Jewish law and ritual, that they function in a way that's in keeping with their tradition. Jesus' circumcision and his naming, and that naming being in obedience with the message given to Joseph about what they were to name the child, is all a reflection of how this obedience oftentimes flows out of the margins in this story. And that's the key passageway here for us about obedience, that the first step of faith is almost always obedience. 
You know, as human beings, sometimes we like to see the confirmation first and then act. We want to have certainty about the outcome before we act. And that's something that is foreign to Scripture, and it's foreign to our sense of what it means to relate to God and relate to one another. We like to see the confirmation first and then act. In this particular story, the shepherds have seen this vision, but they have no idea that what has happened has really happened. So they go in faith and find things exactly as it had been conveyed to them in the vision and in the message that they had received. They go and see for themselves, and what they see is exactly what was told to them. See, when God moves, when God speaks, when God leads, or even at times when God prods, our first work is to obey. And these opening chapters of Luke's gospel display this vividly for us. When Mary received the announcement that she would become with child and give birth to the Savior who would be Jesus, her response to the angel is, let it be with me according to your word. Zechariah, who happens to be the father of John the Baptist, his response in the early chapters of Luke is very different. His response is, this can't be, it's impossible. There's no way my wife Elizabeth can give birth to a child. She and I are far too old. One of them responds immediately with obedience. The other responds with question and probing and in some degree of suspicion. The first step of faith is always obedience. It's to take the step and then we see God move and work in powerful ways. There's a second word in this passage that is important, and it's the word witness. Now, the shepherds do the very same thing that happens after Jesus' resurrection, witness. And Luke gives us that story of Jesus' resurrection of the women who came early that morning and the apostles or the disciples who came, and they bore witness to others to what they had seen and heard. The shepherds do the same thing. After the announcement comes to the shepherds from the angel and they have the heavenly vision, they immediately go and find Mary with the child. And when they get there, they don't see what's happened, recognize its importance, and leave. Nope. The story in Luke's gospel tells us, then verse 17, that when they had seen him, Jesus, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. You see, the shepherds are witnesses. They're, in some sense, evangelists who share with all who are there what's happened to them and how what they experienced in the field correlates to what is happening right there in their very midst. Now, these are not the first witnesses that Mary has had to what's going on in her life. She had Elizabeth bear witness when she met with Elizabeth before Jesus was born. Joseph, of course, was a confirmation when the angel appeared to him separately from her to talk about what was happening to her, so on and so forth. You see, the aim of the shepherds isn't to convince or persuade anybody. Being witnesses, all they can do is share their experience. And the sharing of their experience is a confirmation for Mary and Joseph of what has been happening to them. Up to now, Mary and Joseph have had to ride this journey alone, with the exception, perhaps, of Elizabeth and indirectly Zechariah. 
So this is the first time Mary and Joseph have experienced somebody outside the realm of their family, outside the realm of their household, coming and bearing witness to what God has done. And that's the key passageway here for us, that witnesses trust their experience. Now, the story of Jesus and Luke's gospel is oftentimes about those who lack professional expertise. So the people in Luke's gospel that are made oftentimes to look foolish are rulers and clerics and other leaders. And what happens is that oftentimes these leaders fail to recognize who Jesus is. And the dynamic that takes place, I want to be nuanced about this, is that their knowledge clouds what's in front of them. The, the knowledge they think they possess about how religious life is to function, how civil life is to function, how spirituality is supposed to be practiced. Their knowledge about that clouds what's in front of them. Now, this is not to say that knowledge is the enemy. That's not true. But knowledge lives in a dance with experience. So let's be clear. Absent experience, knowledge lacks meaning. There's this sense in which the shepherd's experience being completely uneducated on these issues of the kind of the prophetic writings about the coming of the Messiah and religious history and all these things, the shepherds possess none of that knowledge, but yet they have an experience of what has gone on. And that experience gives the knowledge meaning. You know, ultimately we give witness to what we've seen and heard not necessarily to what we know. So for this reason, shepherds, well, shady as they are, they become beacons of hope in this story. And we too are to trust our experience to be witnesses. We don't need to be pastors or clerics or religious leaders in order to bear witness to what God has done in our lives. What we're invited to do is to trust our experience and to bear witness to it and to let God do the work of persuading and moving the hearts and lives of people around us. Finally, in this story, there is wonder. You know, there were others who experienced this deep sense of wonder by the shepherd's story. It tells us in this story in verse 18, and all who heard it, in other words, the shepherd's story, were amazed about the things which were told them by the shepherds. So there were other people there besides Mary and Joseph. Perhaps it was the host whose home Mary and Joseph were staying in or others who had gathered for whatever reason. There were others there who experienced a sense of wonder. It says in this text, focusing on Mary in verse 19, that Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. This is a rich statement of wonder. So first of all, she treasured all these things. So these words of confirmation from the shepherd had great value, that she was not alone, that God actually was truly at work. I, I can only imagine what it was like for Mary to try to hold this sense of hope and expectancy about the child she's been carrying absent any kind of external confirmation. So when the shepherds come, she treasures these words. She values their experience because it functions to confirm what she has believed as her own experience. And then the second part that Luke uses here to describe Mary is that he says, 
that she pondered them, in other words, the words of the shepherd, in her heart. This is an idiom in the grammar of the first century world, especially in this Greek language in which Luke writes this. Pondering them in her heart means that she was without words. She was silent and reflective. The, the idiom literally means she was quiet trying to make sense of it. That all of this is overwhelming for Mary, and she's trying to make sense of it and to integrate it into her life and her experience and to understand it in a deep and powerful way. That's what wonder is. Wonder is when we sit with something rather than try to resolve it. And that is the key passageway for us here. That wonder, wonder is to be held. It's not to be resolved. You know, everyone in this story ends in amazement, wonder. The shepherds leave glorifying and praising God for all the great things that have occurred. Mary ponders these things in her heart and treasured all these words. All the people who were gathered around were amazed at the experience of the shepherd. Everyone in this story is in amazement and wonder, and Mary is trying to make sense of it all. You see, when God moves and God works, that in other words, when God does something that we would bear witness to, our response to that grace and love needs to be one of wonder. When we live in a world of kind of cynicism or a, a kind of a, a corrosive form of doubt, we reject wonder all the time because we're always looking for motive in it. We're looking for the reason why. We're trying to resolve what we don't understand. What we need to remember is that God's only motive is love. And our response to that love is wonder, deep wonder. And so the question I think this story puts before us in some ways is how are we holding wonder before God today? Can we, like Mary, sit in silence with it and just hold the moment in which we experience the rich and powerful love of God in Jesus Christ. It's not meant to be resolved. Sometimes it's not even meant to be understood. There are many times in which it's just to be experienced, enjoyed, to be blessed, to hold wonder right before our very eyes. That's it for this week. I bid you all grace, a continued Merry Christmas. Christ is born glorify him. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.